Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Finally, we get to do some AFL. Um, episode 16 of Clicking Balls. 16 already. 16 already. Well, I didn't count M- MA2K stuff, so it's 16-ish. But anyway, that's the number I'm going to put on the front of it. So here we're looking at uh, AFL round two um, that's just happened over the weekend and looking forward to round three. Um, so we'll try and do this every week if we can in between uh, all the other stuff we're doing. So no more mucking around. Go straight into it. First game of the week was West Coast versus Carlton over there. You, yeah. First thing, how brilliant was the first quarter? It was fantastic. I, I think a big part of that was Judd. Yeah, he was he's on. He wound back the clock a bit. He couldn't keep it up all game, but... Uh, There's a bit of emotion pre-game too. They're saying it might be the last time they see him over there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah against the Eagles, obviously. Because um, I think it's pretty much, if not all confirmed, that uh, this is his final run around this year. Yeah, he left it for the occasion, and uh, the bloke he got traded for did too. Yeah, uh, Jay Kennedy kicked, uh, kicked 10 on the night. But that first quarter was possibly the best quarter of football I've seen this year. Oh, it had everything, it was free-flowing, there was nice run, there was, was smart play. Yeah. Taking, taking Hit, good options. Hitting targets, and there was tight tackles, there was defense, there was offense, there was everything. And then there was three more quarters. Yeah, Carlton kind of packed up a bit. Um, I think uh, Mick would have gone in a quarter time and probably told the boys, you know, you're not doing enough. And then the boys kind of thought, well, fuck you, we'll, we'll do nothing. I'll show you how little we can do. Um, look, uh, yeah, they're in trouble. Um, they haven't got the cattle. They made poor moves off-season. You know, uh, they let Eddie Betts go to get Dale Thomas, <laughs> and Dale Thomas has had a... Couldn't get over his ankle injuries last year and had a sh- bit of a crap year. And now he's pulled his shoulder in the first game, in the first minute. Yeah. Um, so he's not out there as well. So that has, that's backfired on him a bit. Casbolt couldn't kick. That was oh, shocking. His contested mark was, uh, and the commentator said it too, Carey-like. His yeah. ability to grab the ball. His Unfor- ability to kick the ball was shite hold. Yeah, it, it's an AFL footballer who drops the ball like that is just, it's not acceptable. Um, and no. he, he's, in a way, he's lucky Carlton's so shit that they probably can't afford to drop him. The funny thing was, uh, Richo had a, a good comment about it because they were talk, like they were getting into him st- about his method and everything. And they were saying, you know, there's plenty of blokes about a showman to drop the ball. And Richo was like, maybe just get one. Yeah. Just, just one. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be plenty. But he's right what he's saying, though. He just needs one person that um, connects with him and will yeah. listen to him. And yep. it's finding the right coach for the right person. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Essendon have had the same problems with Joey Danaher. And they've got Matty Lloyd down there, who, when it comes to set shots on goal, is an absolute robot. Oh, and that's absolutely. what you want. And it might be working for him. Casbolt's got to do something. Because that's shocking. Oh, ab- if he was playing centre-half back, that's different. Yeah. But they need him to kick goals. Yeah. And he's just and, he, and, and you're right. It's such a good contested mark. Such big mitts on him. He's one of those blokes that he's if he sh- if he gets to where he could get, he's going to be a game winner. Yeah. There was a game against Hawthorne last year. He nearly took it away from, from Hawthorne because of his contested marking. But, um, well, onto the, the, the good side of that game, being the West Coast Eagles, they you know, really ran away with it. Um, Nick Knapp played an absolute blinder. Um, he is unbelievable. It's 
he's been threatening this for years, and we've always said, uh, always heard how much of an athlete, and you know, when he gets it all together, he's going to take a game apart. Now he's fully fit. He looks like injury free, and he looks like it could be a freakish year for him. But it's not just his athleticism; it's his intelligence too. Like he's a football now. He's tapping to his rovers. I mean, it, it sounds basic, but so many ruckmen don't do it. Yeah, you look at guys like Sandilands. He yeah. just whacks the shit out of the ball and then hopes his runners get to it. Such a big difference between hitouts and hitouts to advantage. Absolutely. Um, but and then um, now that Dean Cox is gone, he has to play that. Um, he can't be just a ruckman. Mm. Needs to be another uh, a link. Um, you know, in going from defence into offence. And he's got no problems with it. They've got no worries kicking it to him. And he's got no worries, you know, laying off a handball or kicking it himself. Such a weapon. Um, but obviously, the, the, the big thing out of the game was uh, Kennedy's kick 10 goals again. Um, he, they, were, they were 10 sweet goals, too. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 goals, one, I think he kicked. Yeah, I think he had one out of the full as well. well I was, yeah, okay. I, I didn't remember that, but yeah. Or what? Yeah. He had some, you know, and he, he did it all. There were some nice set shots, some nice snaps. And led well, kicked to him well. Uh, Simpson did the right thing. As soon as they realised he was on, mm. they were just like, all right, Pagan's paddock. Everyone get the fuck out of the way. Yep. Let him lead in the open space. But I think I think Lil Cross still kicked half a dozen. Or no, not half a dozen, but four or five. Yeah, he's still got a handy, handy bunch. And I think um, even Kennedy gave him a couple. Yeah, I think uh, a few of them were late. Yeah. Good enough. I think once you kick ten, as a full yeah. forward, you're kind of like... I've done it. I've, I've done my job. I reckon I've got boats here. Yeah. Um, and he was very smart. If you remember when he took the mark for the ninth one, and there was a little bit of a scuffle started. He's like, I'm kicking this bastard before they change it. That was very clever. That, that's a veteran move, that one. But it brought up a lot of commentary about calling him um, a lot of people. And I know Hutchie did it on the Monday night shows. Called him a flat track bully. I don't get that. What does that even fucking mean? Like, he kicks more goals against shitter teams. Like, well, of course he does. Because they're shitter. Everybody yeah. plays better against shit teams. The same criticism made of Jared, uh, yeah, wait. Yeah. But, uh, look, you're a full forward. You'd expect to get more goals against shitty teams. Yeah. But, uh, Kennedy is, you know, if you're going to talk about Coleman this year, you've got to mention his name. Well, he's kicked 10. Um, I, I think no matter what he did in round one, 10 puts him on top of the ladder at the minute. Mm. But even without that, for the whole year, you're going to, if you if you're betting on Coleman, you're going to look at Walker, Franklin, and Kennedy. Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't think of another name I'd put in there, at least not at good odds. No. Um, or a lot of odds. And having said that, I think every year there's a small forward who pops up and you go, oh, he could do it, and then by round 12 they're gone. But, yeah, I'd, but I'd, Kennedy's the one. I'd love to see a small forward get it, but they're tagged out so easily. And once a small forward uh, starts to struggle in a game, they move them into the middle yeah. or onto the one of the flanks. Which is the role. Yeah. But with Kennedy, calling him a flat track bully, um, well, I don't get They say, okay, he's kicked 10 goals three times. He's the only player in the AFL to do it. Uh, he did it against um, GWS, against uh, Carlton now, and oh, I've forgotten the other team, but uh, another team, uh, it might have been Brisbane, that weren't playing finals that year. Um, if it is so easy, why doesn't everybody do it? Look, yeah, that's why he, he's still got to kick him. Call him a flat track bully if you like, but... Um, Pretty sure every team probably bars Sydney and have him on their team. Yeah, oh, Sydney will take him. <laughs> they yeah. put him but somewhere. They trade him for Tippett. <laughs> <laughs> At the minute, yeah. Um, the same thing was said about Matty Hayden when he scored 380 against Zimbabwe. Um, remember, it was the Australian record. I'm like, yeah, it's just Zimbabwe, though. It's, you know, what is it? It doesn't really count. Yeah, I'm like, no if it's so easy, why doesn't somebody else do it? 
And so if kicking 10 against Carlton so easy, why didn't Rewalt do it last week? Or, or um, uh, Griffith or anybody else? Mm. He's the only person in the AFL that's done it three times. Franklin is brilliant and an absolute freak. He's only kicked 10 goals once. So it, and that was probably 10 goals, 15. Well, it was 13 against North, mate. You remember <laughs> it? Um, so calling him a flat track bully, it's just, it's a nothing. It means nothing. Like, if it's so easy, why doesn't everyone do it? Anyway. Um, oh, you know, if we double team, he'll struggle. Fuck yeah, he will. Yeah, of course he will. And then Lacroix's going to kick another yeah, dozen. exactly. And that's why this is a team sport. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, Carlton in trouble. And I think the only thing that's keeping Mick in a job is, one, payout's too big. And two, he's got the record, the uh, coaching record coming up later on in the year. So you can't sack him before that. And probably three, who's going to replace him? Well, well, you'll find someone. They'll always find someone. Oh, there's always a coach willing to come in. There's only interim coach and get sacked. There's only 18 gigs. Yeah. You know, up for grabs. The thing is, well, all right, who's going to do the job better? I mean, it, on history, there aren't that many well, quality coaches running around I just, without a gig. He's probably, uh, he's probably the second highest paid coach at the minute because Paul Roos is getting stupid money. Oh, and, um, and he deserves it. Well, yeah, Melbourne needs something. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if you want to pay a coach 1.1 for a rebuild. But anyway, you got to do it right. And th- their problem is list management anyway. So it's going to take years, no matter who it's, who's in this chair. Which was a great article on uh, AFL.com about the last five drafts that Carlton have had. How bad? Oh, fucking shite. Yeah, it can hurt. And that kills teams. Yeah. Like, kills um, careers. I think they only had about five of the 20 or so players drafted who's still even, there. who've even uh, played senior matches. Yeah. And some of them just, you'd, you'd never see him on the field. Yeah. And that's like their second, third pick. I'll tell you the other thing, because we saw Carlton round one against Richmond, and again, they were brilliant in the first quarter, and then died after that. Um, who was it? Ed Kerno. Um, Cade Simpson hates him. <laughs> I don't know if he was just having a bad night, but he was going off at him. I, I counted three or four times, and we could hear it, and it wasn't pretty at all. Anyway, so maybe they got some other issues there. But, you know, it's round two. They can turn the shit around. They won't, but they could. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't really care. Actually, no, I hope they turn around a little bit. Uh, just just to give them hope? Well, just because it means there's more chance of Collingwood being on the bottom, really. Yeah, well, that's a good chance, though. Um, next game, Bulldogs-Richmond. Um, I think everyone, the Bulldogs have caught people by a little bit by surprise. I reckon these are two of the most exciting teams going around. Yeah. Um, Richmond, inconsistent. But yeah. when they're on, their ability to run the ball and until Basha Hooley gets it in the back flank make good decisions yeah is brilliant it, Hooley and Griggs are both the same they're like they're such good kicks as long as they pick the right option and yeah. sometimes they can run themselves into trouble yeah I think I think uh, you said in the preseason thing Hooley he doesn't look for the best pass he looks for the best pass once he's finished running yeah yeah, I think we might have actually said it, I think, when we were at the game. Yeah. Um, so. there were, I can't remember who the other player. It might have been Vlossen or Ellis in the game against Carlton. He was running down the wing, bouncing it, until the forward was ready. Yeah. And then he kicked it. Hooley keeps running until he's finished running, then he kicks it. Yeah, he waits until he's hot, and they're like, yeah, get rid of it. He's like, all right, get rid of it. What have I got? Yeah, too late. Yeah, he's only planning one move ahead it doesn't matter than three or four. If you've got another 30 metres spare, but the forward's free now, you kick it now. And I, I, th- I think that's an area in his game. But the Bulldogs, how good is Bontepelli? I said it before. I said S- it at the start. He is a brown low darky. Yep. And I've got a bit of cash on him. 
I reckon I've got a couple of votes in there already. I, I, I tell you what, I don't think he's leading it, but uh, you know, after two rounds, but he's probably got three or four votes. Well, gee, Alan's not taking votes off anyone. Yeah, there's somebody else I think who's got a couple of um, best on grounds already. Um, but yeah, he, second season, this is, and he's already looking the goods. He's 192 centimetres, um, runs, kicks, does everything you want to do. Um, he's not good in front of a camera, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was on the footy show last week, I think, and you know, the less... He's young. He might grow into it. Um, but uh, I was listening to Cam Mooney on the radio today saying, like, um, second-year player, he's already pulling up other players at trainings uh, his age and younger, saying, hey, come on, you know, pull up your boots, pull up your socks. You, you're not pulling the weight here. And, and already they're talking, you know, if Bob Murphy plays one more year, then you've got to look for a new captain. Oh. He, he's putting his hand up hard and fast. And that's probably to Libertore's detriment. Because he's if he sit, was, yeah, Liver's sitting out this year. If he was fit, you know, maybe he'd be in the same boat. But unfortunately, he's just not. Um, and Bontepelli, he is such an exciting player. Yep, and um, they love him. Like, and he's sort of, he's uh, not media media unfriendliness, if you like, or no um, unsuitability. I don't see that as a bad thing. Like. Well, they had Chris Grant for bloody 12 years, and he was an absolute champion and should have won a Brownlow if he didn't get reported. He was the same thing. He was a, a, just a bit abrasive or standoffish. Um, that's not means nothing on game day. No, and by when uh, Bontebelli is pulling up other players, that to me says he cares about the club. And Yeah, yeah, and he's thinking football all the time. Yeah, and every club, every club needs that player yep. who puts the club first. Like... Um, You've got stories of... Well, Archer was one of the best ones. Yep. Martin Pike comes to the Kangaroos. Archer pulls up in the change room rather um, vigorously. Aggressively. And says, don't you fuck up my club. Yep. You need that bloke. Yeah. The bloke who bleeds for your club and will just do anything for him. <laughs> Actually, Archer's come back to North now. He's um, director of football. Yeah, which is a good move. Oh, you'd have blokes around that yeah. club forever. Like, um, job for life. The other uh, younger players for the Bulldogs, we, we said they've got a great core group and they're just probably a, a year or two too young. But, um, you know, uh, like I said, Liberatore, who's going to sit out this year with an ACL. Wallace is playing well. Stringer's uh, playing well. Wallace, I think McCray. he's something special too. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Um, but th- they're starting to get a, that bit of size about them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Boyd's going to take a couple of years before he gets right. Yeah. Um, they just need that key backman. And I think they've, you know, in three two to three years, they're going to be really looking at the pointy end of the ladder. I think that's a good point to the key backman because they're so damn rare. Like, yeah. full forwards, it's, it's easy to tell a good full forward. They kick lots of goals. But a good key backman is hard to spot because they don't always go to the, the full forward. They, yeah. And when you don't notice them, they've had a good game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for them because they can play an absolute blinder and keep their uh, opponent to just five kicks. Mm. The opponent kicks four goals one, you're like, well, what's the fucking, what am, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, and th- they've done nothing wrong. They have a good five minute burst and you look like shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, th- there's plenty of top backmen going around, but... They're rare. They're not yeah. plenty, and each team, you know, just uh, Brisbane last week, they lose yeah. merit and, oh, they and their shit. back line's so fragile. Yeah. All right, on to game three, Giants-Melbourne. And uh, the big story there was Giants just belted them in one quarter. Was it uh, 14 on the trot? They kicked 14 on the trot, nine in one quarter. Now, I don't, I don't care what team you are, no one should kick 14 goals straight against you. Yeah. Like Hawthorne versus Werribee Tigers, they shouldn't get 14 straight. <laughs> um, it's, 
it's disappointing for Melbourne um, after such a, a fantastic effort in round one. Um, but, I mean, Jeremy Cameron's starting to come back into his own again. Um, Mumford's still doing what he does. It's just such do- dominant force. There's, I, I think it's terrible for Melbourne, but GWS, I think they've been underestimated. I don't think they're a finals team yet. Not yet. But they're going to hassle a lot of teams that are. But how many people pick Gold Coast to finish in the finals? Yeah. And right now you look at GWS versus Gold Coast and you're like, well, I know which one I'm picking. I think GWS are just hungrier as well. I think that they've picked a better side. Like the, the way they've done it, um, uh, the way they've built their list, um, the fact that they've lost a few players too, like obviously Boyd, um, Patton's sitting out this year with an ACL as well. Mm. Um, That's a massive blow to that team. Yeah, and uh, he's second in general. Yeah, because he was starting to dominate last year too. Um, but Cameron's back to his old uh, best. He's kicking absolute flukes from the sidelines. Um, again, their issue is always going to be to hold on to their players. And Dylan Shields is, I don't think, I think he's out of contract this year. I'll tell you what, there's there's going to be 17 other clubs that will love to have him run in their midfield. Yeah, he's not, uh, he's not in at the moment though, is he? He played on the weekend. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Absolutely killed it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so GWS looking all right. Um, next game, Adelaide-Collingwood. Um, Scoreline was very flattering to Collingwood, and I, I reckon Phil Wall should be dirty on that because they were looking for a massive percentage boost Adelaide um, going into the final quarter, and they put the cue in the rack a bit early. Yeah, I saw that one. It, it just seemed like they were looking after themselves a bit, which, you know, managing an injury list is at least... 50% of the job when trying to make finals footy. Yeah, but in round two? Yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, you can look after yourself all you like, and then something fluky, like with Brody Smith, happens. Mm, yeah. And he cracks his skull and, I don't know, did not look good at all. Looked like an MMA knockout. Yeah. But and it's just, you know, shit happens. There was nothing untoward about it. There was there was no report. I don't think it was even looked at. Uh, no, it was looked at in the, by the MRP, and they just said, you know, shit happens. It's not a sling tackle. It's just a tackle, and somebody's coming running the other way. Um, but Collingwood have got big troubles. I mean, they lost um, uh, another player. Um, uh, Pendlebury's not looking good. He's got ankle complaints. Yeah, that's right. He had a scan. Cloak struggled to get into it. Yeah, Cloak. I mean, if you're going to talk flat track footballers, you've got to look at him. Yeah, I mean, he's. he's I don't know. He, he's one of the best contested marks in the league. Oh, absolutely. He still can't kick. And there's no excuse for it anymore. Um, if I was there, I, I'd be saying, you know what, we're we're short of a key backman right now. You're a centre-half back. Um, because you can't kick straight, you can't kick goals. Jesse White had his best game in black and white, I reckon, too. He had a good game. Um, but uh, the Crows, absolutely flying. Oh, look, and they're playing brilliantly. They're midfield, built around Dangerfield, Sloan. Those guys are... Jeez, mm. I tell you what, Ooh, I'm a bit closer. Um, they're really sweating on Dangerfield. I don't think he'll leave, but jeez, I, I, I think they need to make finals to keep him. Yeah, if he put it this way, um, the way Adelaide are playing at the minute, if the reason he's leaving is to um, contend for a premiership, then he's leaving the wrong club because yep. they're, they're on the right track. Phil Walsh is an absolute taskmaster as well. He's going to be really, really hard on the on the team. Um, which is why making uh, Taylor Walker captain is just looking like an absolute masterstroke. Because he's got, you know, he's the hard, hard ass, and he's got the uh, the lad um, right under his wing, who is just 
revelant in uh, in the new captaincy role. Well, yeah, I'll plainly admit to being a bit biased, broken of course, lad. from our club at Broken Hill, no, nonetheless. Yeah, and you know, remember him as a little kid swearing at the umpire when he was four. But um, I mean, I don't think even his harshest critic would say he hasn't become twice the player he was. Yeah, and already as a good player going from there by getting the captaincy. Yeah, it's amazing when you see somebody um, take that role and just become even better because of it. Mm. Um, I know it's only two games in, but it just it fits like a glove. It's so good to see. And, you know, um, Adelaide, the top of the ladder at the minute, and they're uh, facing Melbourne next week, so it's looking three, three from three for them. Oh, they won't, they won't lose to Melbourne. Not, not in Adelaide. It's, I would give you 10 to 1. I wonder what sports bet or whoever is giving it because I reckon it's probably not far off it. I reckon you'd just be able to fill your own in. Yeah, if you're betting on Melbourne. Um, okay, St Kilda Gold Coast. Saints have got something to cheer for. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we always knew it was going to be a rough year for them, but mm. you know, they've got a win on the board already. Um, Which is more than I thought they'd get all season. Just about. Um, Bruce kicked... Did he kick five or six? Takes mark of the, probably mark of the year in round one. Round two, he's bagging half a dozen. He got six, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, he's quite amazing. Um, I don't think anybody would have thought he'd uh, he'd pop up uh, and, and get mentions in best players and highlight reels, you know, in uh, in the first two rounds. He's the name on everyone's lips now from St Kilda. You know, they got big Paddy McCartan running around in the twos, thinking, you know, that we don't want to rush him in. Bruce is absolutely tearing it down. Um, you know, Saad coming back. Yeah. Well, again, he actually had a decent match. Yeah, yeah, he uh, kicked a couple, um, which is good to see because I think one of the unluckiest players ever. You know, we, we've said a hundred times before. Oh, look, just... With everything that's gone on, yeah. the, the bloke that's taken a, you know, a, basically a milkshake mm. and it's got the wrong shit in it. And, you go, and sits out for two years. It's great to see him come back. Um, he, I think he's rookie listed, uh, so he's been, um, what do you call it, uh, upgraded uh, at, at the minute for somebody else who's got an injury. Um, so it, it is it is good to see. I'm generally happy to see that he is making a, a thing of it. Yeah, Lord, you do have to make sure it's a clean sport. No argument about that at all. But you need to have the punishment fit the crime. It's fucking harsh. You can't have maximum min- minimum sentencing or anything. Yeah, Mandatory minimum sentencing, I meant to say. But yeah. Look, but a, a positive test is a positive test. It's a banned substance, and it's one of those things like you should know better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to co- it's going to cost Crowley as well, you know. But you know that's that's what happens when you move on. What else? You haven't got much of a choice. No, but I mean, which is worse, someone who does that, or someone that turns up to game day coked out? Yeah. Well, as long as you self-report, there's no problem with that. Yeah, well, I've got no problem with recreational drugs because they're not performance enhancing. And I, well, I don't I, care. I reckon they probably would be. I don't think so. I mean, sure, if you're high as a kite, you might go around hugging everyone, but you're going to get caught for holding the man. Yeah, but if you're on, well, say, ice, those guys run forever. Granted, they probably wouldn't need a mouth guard because they wouldn't have any teeth. You're going to say, but first chance they get, they're going to nick the GoPro off the goal umpire's hat and try and flog it off quite possible they'd have to make sure there's um, no cash converters nearby and you know every time they get the ball they, they're not going to bounce it they're just going to keep running um, so yeah that, to me I <laughs> know see one of the cops and just fucking piss by yeah. <laughs> oh, 
take the take the security guards. No worries. Those oh, bastards, I can take them. Geez, you see some of them. I've actually thought about it a few times. You see the <laughs> the big motherfucker. Like he, none of them are under 130 kilo. I reckon. No. And not much of its muscle. And I can't. I'm I'm not going to claim any great fitness. I but still I can reckon do I can outrun them. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just yeah. Unfortunately, there's not much in it. Um, okay, on to uh, Sydney versus Port, um, which was, uh, again, the scoreline, I, I think, um, you know, it was, was it 40-odd, 45 points yeah. uh, or, or thereabouts? Um, it was closer than that, but at the same time, it, it, it wasn't. Um, Sydney never, it wasn't a belting, but Sydney were just that little bit better all day, everywhere, if that makes sense. Honestly, this surprised me. I thought this would be one of the me too. match of the rounds. Um, I've got Port as premiership contenders. Yep. Um, they're not really showing it at the moment. Well, it's two rounds in, though. But, and, you know, they lost to Frio, who finished uh, fourth last year yep. on the uh, ladder. And they've lost to Sydney, who finished first. So it's not like they've played shitty teams. And they lost to Frio in Frio. Mm, um, but they lost to Sydney in Adelaide, Adelaide yeah. packed out. Um. Speaking on that, uh, you know, they had a great um, win last year with the Never Tear Us Apart. And um, look, if, it doesn't matter if you think it's cheesy, the 50,000 there love it. Oh, uh, and that's part of the experience. Fantastic. Do you reckon they took it a little bit too far by having a couple of the band members of NXS there in the goal square <laughs> with Koshi while the umpire's waiting to bounce the fucking ball? Yeah, I, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a family-friendly event because they actually had the uh, the stage near the the Bradman scoreboard. Yeah. And, you know, at uh, quarter time, half time, they got him playing. I mean, yeah. it, it's pretty much an NXS cover band without Michael Hutchins, but he's kind of busy at the moment being dead and all. Um, look, it's, it's, it's still better than the hip-hop dancers that you get at the T20 matches. Yeah, and, and that's fine, having the stage up there... Do you need the band on the ground while the umpire's in the middle with the ball <laughs> waiting to bounce? Now, you quietly tell them to fuck off, surely. Well, that's exactly what the goal umpire did. He goes, mate, get the fuck out of here. Um, I thought, you know, guys, we, we understand you're very proud of it. It's worked very well. Just settle it down now, guys, and worry about the football. But anyway, you know, Koshi, he wanted to, you know, really drive home the fact of how much of a win they've had with the Never Terrace mm-hmm. Apart. But anyway, sells a lot of scarves, I guess. Yeah, Imagine what it'd be like for the original members of NXS too. Like they used to playing Wembley Stadium, <laughs> eighty thousand people, and they get to Adelaide Oval, and there's fifty thousand people there. They finish playing at the start, and then they're up on the stage waiting for quarter time, and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> they're just not, well, guys still there. Oh shit! Okay. Before the game, they did, but uh, yeah, and then um, they see the backs of everyone's head. Everyone's head. Uh, so Port, um, their big off-season get was Paddy Ryder. Uh, which is fortunate because their number one ruckman lobby has gone down with a quad strain, I think. Um, problem was Mike Pike, who's not an a all-Australian ruckman, I don't think. He's probably not in the top five or, or six ruckman in the league. He dominated. Mm. Um, he absolutely cleaned him up and gave uh, the Sydney mids first use of the ball all night. Yeah. Um, and that's really where they drove it. Although, if you can get first use of the ball from the mid uh, from the centre you're straight into attack yeah like one kick out of the middle you're in the 50 look th- their other ruckman was Redden who's played his first game in two and a half years or something so yeah fair enough mate you, we just want you to run out the game and not get injured no worries but uh, you know Paddy Wright you're a big ticket item and you, you got to perform better than that but early days oh he'll come good yeah 
We know he can be like that, though. He was like that at Essendon. He yeah. has good games and he has bad games, and there's a big gap in between. He just seems like one of those blokes who he's not that hungry. Like he's not one of those guys that'll run till he pukes. Yep, yep, yep. I can definitely see that. Um, but it's such a shame because his athletic ability is, is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And he has those go-go gadget arms, too. <laughs> um, but Sydney, Sydney were all, all over it. Everything clicked for him. Um, after, you know, falling asleep for three and a half quarters against Essendon in round one, um, they just it looked like the Sydney of old. They just had a game plan and they executed it, and that was it. There was nothing flashed about it, nothing fancy. It was just Sydney doing what they wanted to do and uh, got through it. Yeah, I mean... As good as they were, the big uh, big conversation point is Goods. Yeah, sitting with a vest. Yep. Uh, has he played too long? I mean, that, that's the question running around everyone. I think he's been such a good servant in the club. You, you'd be so reticent to tap him on the shoulder and say, son, you're done. Well, it, it's very difficult. And Jude Bolton was talking about it on the Sunday game day on Channel 7. Uh, he didn't say that Goods should have retired, but he certainly asked the question, should he have retired? Um it's hard. I mean, you look at last year with the Bulldogs, Gian Syracuse made the vest his own. Yeah. Um, and he was basically running around as an on-field uh, coach. Yeah. Um, now, is Goods doing that same thing? And do you want a dual Brownlow medalist running on for the last 10 minutes? I think the difference is that Gian Syracuse was being a general to a team that was much younger yep. and wasn't a flag contender. Yeah. So you could afford to do that. Like, they were, last year, the Bulldogs were just trying to blood their new talent. Yep and form a, a team. And having a bloke running around showing them how to play the game as it's being played, yeah, brilliant for them. Absolutely. And they're paying dividends now. Yep. I think Sydney... Uh, if, if Sydney aren't thinking Premiership this year, then they're kidding themselves. Uh, and, and of course they are. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't imagine... No one ever says, no, guys, I've had enough Premierships. Yeah. You could be winning 10 straight and you're damn hungry for that 11. Exactly right. Yeah. But um, um, I think had Sydney won last year... I think Goods would have called it a day. I, I don't know if anybody doubts that. Um, but, you know, the, the problem with Sydney, um, Jude Bolton got to retire after a grand final win in 2012. Mm. And uh, some might say he was a little bit carried in his last year, but, you know, his role changed in his last year. Ryan O'Keefe went on, um, you know, took a, a Norm Smith in 2012. In 2013 and 14, he became, you know, excess baggage. Um, you know, so much that he started taking bloody uh, sponsorship deals with condom companies to <laughs> screw his wife for a month or something like that. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Um, I, think, I think Goods still can contribute. Yeah. I think it will be as a super sub. But um, he's not. he will be a Hall of Fame. Oh, so, yeah, that's, no that's guaranteed. He's a dual Brownlow medalist. There's not many of them running around. No. Well, Well, there's one, one other running around at the minute for Carlton, but... Actually, no, there's another one up at Gold Coast. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of them. You know, they're <laughs> diamond a fucking dozen. Who gives a shit, Jewel Brownlow Medal? So it means nothing. Fuck off. In fairness, those two blocks probably get a jersey too. Uh, he's got more hair than the other two put together. Very true. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay, on to another very interesting one. Frio v Geelong. So Frio were meant to fall to the wayside this year, um, you know, by some people's estimates. Well, I, I picked it. I did too. I didn't put him in my top four. Um, well, they didn't back on was Fife getting better. Yeah, well, apparently they didn't listen to me either. Um, that um, that one player where you saw Fife running on the boundary line, handball along the ground to himself, pick it up, go for a snap, get smothered, recover the ball, another snap, goal. Yeah, in round one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that to me, just said, this is a kid who is 
fucking hungry. No, I think it was Hombach who smothered it, or it could have been Trengrove, I can't remember, but did nothing wrong. No, they... And couldn't stop him. They played it by the book. They made yep. sure he was in the corner. They Defended it perfectly. You can't... And couldn't stop, stop it. it. It's the same as when Ablett's on. Like yeah, you yeah. can You can do everything right, and he still cuts you to pieces. Um, and he went one step further um, against Geelong. It was one... I think it was nominated for goal of the week. He just bust through four... Uh, and keep the goal. And the four he busted through was like Corey and Warwick, um, uh, Kelly. Um, I think it was another senior player there who I'm, I'm going blank on. Um, so it wasn't like he was pushing over the, the young lads. Oh, no, flat track, Willie. Yeah, he, he was going, he's probably ran through a thousand games worth of experience <laughs> and kicked this goal. Um, it's, he's got six votes in the Brownlow so far. There's no doubt he has six votes. Jeez, it's almost worth just telling one bloke to knock him out or some shit. Like, <laughs> that's all you can do to stop him. Uh, and he, He's only young. He's only going to get better. Well, I mean, it's the Derby this week, so th- there's always that chance. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other thing that came out of the game was Ballantyne got two weeks for a high bump. Um, he, you bump, you hit the head, you know you're going to get weeks. So it's a bit unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Billy Smets from Geelong um, going the massive forearm into the face. Oh, yeah. Very lucky. Very lucky that they said it was low impact. I'm shocked. Yeah, I thought it deserved more too. Um, if you look at the two incidents side by side, and you go, they get the same penalty? I mean, one, you know, um, Valentine had uh, a bad record, which elevated his, but side by side, you go, they should not get the same penalty. One's careless, the other one's fucking stupid. Mm. But anyway, from what I read in social media and on Reddit, um, the Geelong players are not, uh, sorry, the Geelong fans are not disappointed that Smets isn't playing. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Geelong in trouble. Oh, t- 18th. Uh, They've never been 18th in their life, but it's only two rounds. But still, are they in trouble? Well, I, I think Frio's list is brilliant, and when they all put it together, they'll push every team. And Pav's still good. Well, they had Pav, they had Barlow firing. Yeah. They got Fife, and, you know, you've got uh, Sandilands giving their midfield a lot of use. It, it doesn't matter how old Sandiland gets. He's still seven foot tall. <laughs> Yeah, he can still reach the top of a basketball backboard on flat feet. Yeah. But um, I don't think it was a matter of Geelong being poor. I think Frio just put it together. Well, they've had two 10-goal uh, thumpings in rounds one and rounds two. But again, they played two top four teams from last year. Mm. Um, so uh, this week they get to stay down in Sleepy Hollow and play Gold Coast, which might be a good timing for them. Yeah. I think also... Looking at three outs, they're secondary players that they give a lot more than the secondary players for a lot of other teams. Yep. Guys like Mundy, you know, they're not going to be your superstars, but they protect the superstars. Yeah. And when they, when the superstars are getting tagged, they bob up, and all of a sudden the defence isn't sure who to cover. Well, Freo, even in round one, it was a little bit scrappy at times against Port, but I mean, you know, you, you can only play as good as you're allowed to sometimes. Um, but they got the job done. And, yeah, uh, that was. Uh, a great way for them to play because Port loved their running game and yep. they just got shut down. Yeah, and, and you know, it was a tight game to the end and uh, it was a great game to watch that first game um, and they've backed it up. So they've got the derby this week so it'll be interesting to see how they um, uh, come up against. Actually, with Freo, do you reckon they're going to be... I mean, they'll be aiming for a premiership. They have to. But if they don't make the grand final again, what do you reckon is going to happen? Are they going to yeah. say, oh, we'll go along next year or are they going to just start... Start the rebuild? I, I don't think they can. I don't think they can start a rebuild. I think um, they're pot committed. Because how many years would Pavic have left? Well, I mean, he's still playing well. So yeah. um, he runs around next year, no doubt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sanderland's probably. 
Um, I think if he doesn't have the turf toe or ever again, mm. he probably goes around another year. So you're not going to see um, as much of a drop-off in Sanderlands because he, he's not a hard runner or anything like yeah. that. He's a seven-foot fucking monster that stands around. Yeah. You, he, he's still going to be a seven-foot fucking monster next year. Pav, he might um, fall away. I, there's no evidence of it. I thought he was finished two years ago. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, but he's, he's coming, he's killing it this year. Um, so he's still going to be uh, hard to do. Um, Ballantyne's a great player. As much as he's a little shit, geez, he's a good player. And he, he's got a lot of hustle in him. So they've got, and Fife, we've already spoken to If he's not the best player in the AFL right now, he's in the top three. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't think there's any other player you could automatically put ahead of him. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to argue for somebody else yeah. to go ahead of him. Um, and he's 24 or, or I'm not sure his actual age. It's something around those. He's so you, you can't do a rebuild when you've got the best player in the league um, just reaching his peak. Yeah. And I think they've got enough around there to certainly contend this year and next year. In 2017, it's probably too far away to speculate on. Well, you'd have to think the window... They're probably in the middle of it right now, their premiership yep, window. absolutely. They've got a lot of top players. Um, I think the big deal with Sandler is he's seven feet tall, yeah, but so is Spider Burton. But... Uh, Sandlin's weighs a little bit more than Spider Burton. And he's a lot more physically dominant than yeah. Burton was. Um, I remember going to games and seeing him just manhandle Todd Goldstein. Yeah. And Goldstein's... Big. Know, he's, he's a big lad. Yeah. Um, he'd, be, he'd be over 100 kegs. Yeah. Uh, quite easy. I, think, I, I wouldn't think he'd be any shorter than six foot eight. No, easy. Easy. But um, he's nowhere near as aggressive as Sandlin. But Sandlin's just monstered him. He, and he was angry at him. He just yeah. wanted to make sure he knew that Sandlin would always be around ready to punch him. Well, the thing is, um, whenever you come up against Freo, you've got to think, right, what are we going to do about Sandlin's? You've got to be thinking that oh, yeah. uh, all during the week. You've got to deal with it. You know, other clubs go, well, we've got our Ruckman versus their Ruckman. We'll go up against it. You've got to have a plan for Sandlin's. In the grand final against Hawthorne, the plan was, well, he's going to win the tap. We just make sure we get under him and, and fuck it up once he hits the ground. Um, but you've got a, it's such a unique player. Um, you're not saying he's elite or anything like that. He's unique. Um, and that causes problems. If he could actually tap to his own rovers, which when you've got some of the best midfielders in the comp, you should be able yeah. to do. Um, it's just unbelievable. He's like, going to get first hands of the ball nine times out of ten. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm sure they've got midfield coaches coming out their ass. Yeah. We know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but for they whatever got. reason, it's not working as well as it could because if it does, they've got a, a ten-goal advantage in any team. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, now, next, one of the games of the year, Essendon versus Hawthorne. 
Um, now, I was at that game, um, and it was unbelievable to watch. Uh, that finish, that last two minutes, <laughs> was some of the best, most frantic football you ever see. Um, it was almost a mirror opposite of last year when uh, Hawthorne were dominant all day, then Essendon clawed back to get in front, and then Hawthorne stole it at the end. Well, this time, Essendon were dominant all day, Hawthorne got back in front, and then Essendon stole it at the end. Um, it's, it, it is an amazing game. Uh, the, the, the funny thing about it was, you know, the, the talk last week was how unbeatable Hawthorne was. Um, which is you know, just setting up the scene for they're going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawthorne didn't play that badly. Essendon didn't allow them to play. Um, they ran hard, they hustled, they hit targets. And I think that's the only way you can beat Hawthorne is when you kick the ball, you've got to make sure it goes where you want it to go. And they did. They picked it apart. I think the big thing is to keeping Roughhead to one. Yeah, Hurley uh, really dominated him. Um, I mean, Gunston got three, but... Roughhead's the, the power forward there. He's the one that can turn a game. See, that was funny because um, when they, yeah, the opening bounce, when they lined up, I saw that Gwilt was on Gunston. I thought, you beauty. Gunston's kicking a half dozen today. And I think his first two kicks were clangers or something like that. But, um, you know, he did come good towards the end and kicked a couple. But um, look, Roughhead, um, Frawley going down didn't help. No, um, not at all. And then they had to move, like McAvoy in, became a key defender and did an awesome job as a Ruckman come key defender. You know, then Roughhead was playing loose man in defence. He was playing Ruck. They had to move him around because he wasn't taking marks in the forward line. Yeah, and Hawthorne also lost uh, Burgoyne, Suckling, and Mitchell before the match. Uh, not Burgoyne, Gibson. Uh, Burgoyne fractured his cheek. No. Okay. Well, the report says so. Uh, he might have during the match, but no, he played. No, no, I mean, Mitchell was um, before the match. Mitchell was before the match. Uh, Burgoyne played out the game. Yeah, Burgoyne, Frawley, and Suckling all played out, but had injuries. Yo, uh, Frawley got subbed out in the oh, yeah. first quarter. But yeah, um, and that's the other thing about Hawks. Um, there was uh, a little bit fumbly, um, but disorganised around their clearances. And you can only put that down to, oh, Shields was missing from last week. Um, Mitchell was uh, late withdrawal. Um, and you can see how much his coaching on the ground mm. makes such a big difference. Um, because without him there, they look disorganised. And you need that. You need someone who can sort of oversee everything. Yeah. Because the coach can't get word out immediately. I think one of the mistakes was um, not putting Bergwijn into the middle to replace Mitchell. And that was probably because of the cheek as well. Well, yeah. I'm not sure when he did it, but I know... um, And and he's a quality player, Bergwijn. He was playing in the last quarter, so I don't know what's going on with that. That's honestly the first time I heard that he uh, did his cheek. Yeah, Frawley's peck, that's pretty concerning. He did the other one. A couple of years uh, ago. Yeah, a while back. Yeah, he's going to have two months out. Yeah, it's, you never want to see that. Yeah, um, but you know the Hawthorne way is, you know, a soldier goes down, another one steps up. Yeah. And we got Spanger to come in, or Showmakers, um, but or Gibson comes back in next week. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, Showmakers was surprised I haven't played him, but... Um, yeah, he's just... It's unfortunate. I reckon he's going to play at West Coast next year. Mm. Um, because they need key back then. Um, he's... Yeah, he was on that precipice um, and just didn't take, you know, um, in 2012, he was there, he played in the grand final, and then 2013, they got Brian Lake. You're like, well, you're one down in the, in the pecking order. And then 2014, um, he's, you know, uh, he's still down there, and then Frawley comes in. You're like, well, champ, yeah. where's your role? Um, but, you know, he had a good chance to go somewhere else in the off-season, and he hung around, so... And that's one thing that we heard as well, um... The one thing you'd want if you're the Hawthorne backline coach is 
Frawley and Lake. Like just yeah. side by side. Yeah, and, and Gibson. Um, the, the thing about having Frawley there was he can take the grillers and Gibson can run off, be the loose man, third man up. Well, it was more for developing Frawley, I meant. Like, yeah. Because Lake, he's done it all. He, he's seen everything. There's <laughs> no trick you'll do to him that he hasn't seen before. And, and Lake plays his own game. Yeah, he, he, he's in his own head sometimes yep. too. He, <laughs> but, you know, each, every backman needs to have that little bit of crazy. Yep. You need to keep the full forward oh, looking over their shoulder. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> he's got a few crazy worth uh, backmen's worth of crazy. But... Um, you need to be intimidating as a backman. If you can't make the pretty boy full forwards look over their shoulder, you're wasting your time. Um, the, the good news story, obviously, is the Essendon on the day. There was such a big win for them, and they were worried about the last quarter fade-out again after they gave it up to, to Essendon. 12-goal, um, 6 they kicked. Um, that's impressive. Because you know, mm. uh, I think Hawthorne had more scoring shots. 11-10 uh, they got. There you go. So 21 versus 18, uh, and they uh, uh, still took it out. They were so accurate with their field kicking, too. Um, they had, um, I think I said Collier, um, had an absolute blinder. He was so good. Um, and he's come from the clouds a little bit um, for mine. Uh, I reckon he's probably the most improved player in the AFL this year. And he, he just runs hard all day. Um, you know, there's a couple of nice running goals at the end as well. Well, with, um, with Essendon, in the second quarter, they kicked 5-1. Yeah, and you take that's that impressive. that return on any game. If you yep. can kick 5-1 every quarter, you'll, you've won. Yeah. Um, most teams use, you know, if you get six shots on goal, there's going to be 4-2 or 3-3 three, three or something like that. Um, it's making the most of the opportunities. And a lot of those were rebound goals where they're running into space and taking big marks in the goal square. Um, so you can make sure of it. Well, rebound footy is the way all the top teams play now. Like yep. Your half-back line is when you start attacking. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's brilliant to watch as well because you can actually see the players running forward, picking options, kicking in front of players going to yeah. market. And They've it's, got space, they've got movement. Be. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, when they're doing the possession football, it's smart footy, Yeah. but it's not attractive footy. Um, the other thing that came out of the game um, was uh, a lot of complaining about the umpiring. Um, oh, sh- I'm surprised. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was actually pretty good on the day. There were some wrong decisions, like, you know, uh, the, the poppy throw, I thought, was one of the bad decisions. Um, it cost a goal late in the third quarter. Mm. But shit happens. Like, what's the point in arguing about the umpire? Um, it's not like nobody believes the umpires are on the take. No. You know, they're just calling what they see and they made a mistake. You know what? There was a lot of times where the Hawthorne players um, fumbled and, and missed snaps on goals. They made mistakes. We don't get that angry about it. Um, but, you know, there was another one where um, Bruce ducked his head into a tackle and they caught a ball up. I mean, that was holding the ball every day of the week. So it's it goes both ways. Um, well, it's I, just, I don't think, you know, every supporter likes to have a bit of a, a bit of a crack at the umpires. Yeah. Um, but if your crack lasts more than 30 seconds, what the fuck are you doing? Pretty much. And, you know, when you see the um, the Facebook rants yeah. with very poor English... Um, of course. I think they're pretty much ranting by smashing their forehead into the keyboard <laughs> and seeing what comes out. But... What do you get out of it? Yeah, I can understand the catharsis, but... It's just... It, it shits me to tears, people complaining about umpiring. I'm like, you know what? They're the umpires, and that's what they do. It's bad luck. It's rubbing the green. Life's unfair. They call it as well as they see it. Granted, I've I've been upset at umpires of course pretty you regularly, but you kind of let it go because I'm not going to go out there and fuck an umpire. No, fuck that. I've, I've done it in juniors. It sucks. Yeah, getting abused by everyone. If you play for one team, at least you're going to get abused by 50% of them. Yeah. Right? Um, well, depending on how good you're playing. Well, uh, no, you're, if you're, you're for Richmond. You're, you're, you're always getting abused by 50% of the crowd. It just depends <laughs> which 50%. 
Um, in the last game, North versus Brisbane. Um, oh, game of the year. Yeah, game of the year. Yeah, I think I fell asleep. Um, no, fortunately, I was in the car on the way back from the Hawthorne game for the first half. Um, Goldstein had a blinder. Um, but, I mean, North were jogging it in by halftime. It's cost North heaps by um, Del Santo having a worry. Yeah, pulled his hammy. Yeah. Um, but you'd have to, you've, you've got to sit him out until he's ready, just because you need him fit if you're going to play finals. Yeah. Um, you don't want him to have 10 mediocre games when he could sit out, well, say, four of them and have six blinders. Yeah. Um, Wells going down isn't good either, but he's had less of an impact this year than I'd hoped for. When Wells went down, is he out? Oh, no, they finished the match. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't see, um, like, will he be back next week? Possibly. Um, they're saying both of them will be available for selection. Right. But I, I just can't see the value in putting him in. I think uh, one of the big moves that um, sorry changes from round one to round two because you know North had a shocker in round one and then belted uh, Brisbane in round two. Um, big Benny Brown was back. I honestly it flabbergasts me that he's not in every yeah. week, um, especially after his final series last year. He was the best player in the final series, N- not for North, the best player in the final series. Oh, he was certainly most surprising. I yeah. mean, um, his ability to take contested marks, kick. Nice goals, kick Franklin-style goals. Yeah, like on the run, in the pocket, bang, straight through the middle. Yep. Um, and you know, great he, set shot. He is a brilliant set shot. He has that routine where he puts the ball to his forehead. Look, <laughs> whatever I works. I don't give a shit if he sticks the ball up his ass. If he yeah. kicks him straight, kicks him straight. Go for it. You know, people gave uh, Kennedy shit about his stutter step. He still was kicking him straight. As long as he kicks him straight, nobody cares. Okay, you can do the Matty Lloyd, throw the grass up in the air. You know, put your toes to your forehead. As long as you're kicking straight from a set shot from a full forward, you're doing your job. But, uh, yeah, he was a surprise. Uh, Turner didn't play the first round either. Um, I was shocked by that. I, no, he did was he? subbed. He was subbed, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I thought but, he did. Um, I don't know why you'd have him subbed. He was uh, one of the best finds. Yeah. I, think, I, I just I hate the sub rule just in general. It makes no sense. Uh, in theory, you're supposed to be able to recover from an injury, yeah. but Fuck it's off. used tactically all the time. I'm going to say, even if you, like... Look at Hawthorne. It lost, um, you know, or, or Carlton against Richmond the other week. Lost a player in the first minute. It means they can't inject their sub, you know, in, late in the third quarter like Richmond did. Um, so it doesn't save anything. It's just um, a different kind of resource you have to use. Yeah. You don't get an extra resource, and it doesn't cover you for a loss. It's just a different one. Yeah. It's fucking pointless. Um, and the other thing I had about the sub was uh, with Hawthorne. James Sicily plays his AFL debut um, on uh, on Sunday, and he gets a green vest. I thought he's, you know, if everything goes right, he's going to sit on his ass for three and a half quarters, um, you know, for his first game, and that sucks. Well, I remember the, um, I think it was Dunstall was talking about it. He's saying your first match, yeah, you know, if you start with a green vest on, it's less pressure and everything. But no, nah, you want to be running out yeah. there with the team. You want to be. You've got so much nervous energy. You want to be on the field when that whistle blows for your first game, and that yeah. ball bounces, the crowd roars. You want to be in the middle for that. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than sitting on the bench for the green vest. Or Especially in the middle of the MCG in front of 60,000. Oh, look. It, God. I, 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 it, I don't know what the positive is of the sub rule. It just does not make sense. I think the positive is um, <laughs> Brent Harvey could play 500. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. good luck 
trying to get, put the fucking green vest on Brent Harvey. I think he, I, I think I saw him once get a red vest, and he he nearly hit the bloke. Well, the bloke was sixty; he was giving it to him, and he nearly gave him one. <laughs> You'd be game, but um, oh, look, Jared Wake. Um, yeah, kick, kick seven. Um, Carlton must be happy with that. Geez, all their forwards. Eddie Betts is kicking goals. <laughs> Jared Wake's kicking goals. Jeffy Garlett's kicking goals. And you look at players that let go, you know, those uh, Jacobs is firing for Adelaide. I don't know if they had much of a choice in that one, but still, you know, he, he's only uh, left a couple of years ago. The, the Kennedy swap for Judd. I mean, you got to say Judd's done well for them, but geez, they could do with a key forward right about now. Yeah, well, you'd probably say, as it stands right now, Carlton probably got the better of that deal. Yeah, but not for long. No, I think... Um, well, Judd finishes this year. Yeah, it, it depends on how the other midfielders come. Yeah. Like, uh, if you can get... Murphy and Gibbs. Murphy and, and Gibbs um, up to elite level. They're knocking on the door. Yeah. Uh, but, and, you know, I think uh, Murphy might have even gone back. Yeah, but to me, an elite midfielder is a guy that'll walk into any team. Yep. No, Carlton don't have any that'll walk into any team. No. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fair call. But, yeah, you know, with the... Um, with the ruse, it was... I mean, it was it was footy. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't just. pretty footy. <laughs> they... Pretty much did what they had to do. Like I said, Goldstein, he's a, a brilliant ruckman for his size, and he's he's not as good an athlete yeah. as a lot of guys. You feel like he he's, get, you need to do. he's getting the best out of himself. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it's an honest effort for him. I mean, he might have got smashed a little bit in round one, but then again, the whole team got smashed in round one. Yeah, but uh, he's one of the few guys I think that's rucking on his own. Like there's. He takes a vast majority like, of the taps. Yeah, I think even last year he was um, uh, like the percentage of games played. He was up there in the top two or three in the league in terms of time on time on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah which takes it out of you, especially for a big man. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they're they're playing him uh, rather than rotating out. Occasionally, he gets a, a two minute rest in the forward yeah. line. But uh, I haven't seen him on the bench very much at all. No. Um, That's just the, the way they've decided to, to run him. Yeah, and, you know, they've got, um, well, Brown takes some taps. Uh, Petrie does. does, I'm sure. But uh, then you've also got uh, Curry sitting in the Bs waiting to have a crack. Yeah, he, was, um, he got a two or three games last year, didn't he? And, and yeah, I think the unfortunate thing for, for him was Ben Brown was there. Oh, absolutely. And Curry, I, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's an AFL-level footballer, and I think he'd be a good one. Yep, yeah, big men take time. But Brown better at the moment yeah. and he's younger and he's more exciting and he kicks goals you will not drop Brown for Curry no, not no. at the minute no way um, you just it's you cannot it's such a shock that they did for round one they got uh, not dropped him for Curry but they just dropped Ben Brown yeah that no, was done um, well, well, well that's two rounds of the AFL in and you know everyone's writing off everybody and um, premierships have already been won by some teams but uh, which is always funny um, I think after round two um, how they uh, think the year's always going to pan out. Um, round six is when I start to, I think that it really starts to shape itself. Oh, no, I think we can make a call after the next round. Yep. Um, just for the Friday night match, Collingwood-St. Kilda. Collingwood lose that. They're cactus. I think they're cactus anyway. If Penelbury doesn't play, they've got no chance. Oh, I'm going to be cheering for St. Kilda, I'm going to lie. Um, the next game, oh, geez, this could get ugly. Carlton versus Essendon. I mean, the... Out of all the, the big rivalries in, in Melbourne-based teams, mm -hmm. these two hate each other the most. And I think Essendon might... Um, On form, you've got to say Essendon will steamroll. 
uh, I, I don't think I think they could go home at three quarter time and still win. All right, I hope Carlton show something. Yeah, just because you know they're not as terrible a side as they're playing. No, um, like I said, their first quarter was a brilliant first quarter. Um, it's just the rest of them. Hell, if they can have a brilliant first in the third quarter, they'll they'll give it a shake. They'll be respectable, yeah. and that's all they're looking for at this minute is respect because they've been shit. But uh, they've really got to put in this week. Right, right now, who who in the league are Carlton beating? Like, who, well, who would you expect them to beat? Well, the only teams Maybe that wins are Gold Coast, Geelong. Uh, Port winners too, aren't they? Port. Yeah. They're not beating Port. No. They're not beating Geelong. No. And Gold Coast, they'll have a, a tussle with. Um, it's Yeah, it's going to be a long season for Carlton. Yeah, it'll probably... Uh, I think the Saturday game, Adelaide-Melbourne. Adelaide-Melbourne. Oh, it's Adelaide all over, isn't it? In, in Adelaide. Adelaide. Uh, they should just steamroll them. Uh, if there is any more of a certainty in, in this round, then I don't know what it is. Um, Sydney GWS. Is that a, the SCG? It is. Um, <coughs> Sydney's first game of the SCG. Who they play in round one? No, no, they played Sydney. Um, going to be very interesting. Look, uh, I think this is where we get to know where GWS is at. Absolutely. Um, I really want them to do well. Yeah, but I, I don't see not after last week. I don't see them beating Sydney. Sydney were on point. Yeah, look, I, I want them to do well. I I would never put money on them in this match. No, but I'd love it if they won. I think they can win a quarter. Yeah, and if they can win. You know, if they can be in control of the match for half of it, they yeah. take that as a win. Um, I just think uh, that Tippett and Franklin are going to have a, a, a bit of a day out. Yeah, I mean, their backmen are still pretty... But, yeah. I mean, um, uh, what's his name? Came from the Crows. Oh, I've gone blank. Um, Phil Davis. Um, great player. And uh, I think he, he um, embarrassed uh, Franklin last year. Um, he played that, that well in, in round one. Um, I don't think it will happen twice. Franklin's a quality player. Yeah. Even his worst enemy would say that. Yeah. But, um, look, I, I think GWS can definitely get something out of the match. It, it, it's got interest in it. And It'll I be a think great game. There will be times when they can take control. Yep. If they capitalise on those times, you know, they'll push Sydney. And it's it's certainly not impossible for them to win. Uh, yeah. One thing on Sydney, too, um, while we're there... Um, we, uh, there might have been a bit of concerns with their back lines this year because Malcheski is obviously left. Yep. Um, but Jesus, isn't that looking good? Because he is looking shocking at Gold Coast. It's only two games in, yeah. but he's looking shocking. But the ball's been down there a lot too. Yeah, it's too, yeah. Um, North versus Port. Now, this is a great game. Um, it's going to be interesting. Two Eddie teams had. that like to run yep. in Etihad. Um, hopefully, they'll close the roof because it's been a, a little bit windy and wet. Um, <laughs> I, I think if uh, Scott's the coach, um, <laughs> even if it wasn't already mandated and it is going to rain on Saturday, that roof's getting motherfucking closed if he has to go up there and do it himself. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he didn't know where the switch was. <laughs> uh, I reckon he staked that fucker out and he's probably made himself a key. Who has more to prove in this game, Port or North? North, easy. You reckon North? Yeah, because the capitulation round one was... Yep. Shocking. Uh, They've got, being an undermanned Brisbane, like while you can only bet your team that's put on the field, um, they had to beat them the way they did. They did, but because if they had a twenty-point win against that Brisbane team, there'd still be questions about them. But they they rolled over them like they should have. They beat a, a very injury-hit yep. Brisbane. Um, you know, I, I think Brisbane, are an up-and-coming team, they're not going to play finals this year. No, definitely not now. But um, you know. Two, three years, they're going to be a, a yeah. big team. But uh, 
they're not there yet, and North beating them doesn't really prove anything. So no, they, it's a perfect time for this game for North. Yeah, North needs to win at least one of the next three matches. Yep. To even think about being a top four team, which is what they were aiming for at the start of the year. Yeah, was, w- w- they played a prelim last year, um, so nobody aims to go backwards. No, I mean, you can't. You go backwards, <laughs> you yeah, get sacked. Um, it's uh, they've the last one or two years they've had the hot and cold tag. Um, so this year they've been shit. Uh, so they copped a flogging, gave a flogging. So this week, if they cop a flogging again, it's just it, they haven't changed a bit. Port, however, could go 0-3. Um, well, a- against three good teams from last year, but 0-3 is still 0-3. It's not the end of the world, it's still 0-3. Yeah, look, no one likes to lose their first match. You go 0-2 and, and you start getting pressure, you start questioning things. You go 0-3 and, and all of a sudden that pressure's tripled. Yep. Um, and look, Port haven't done much wrong exactly. They just haven't been able to get it all together. Yeah. If Port get it all together, they'll blow North off the field. Yep. Um, on paper, they're a better size. This is yeah. Like I said, it's such good timing for for North for this game because um, it's now they need to test themselves against quality opposition again, and they get a chance. Yeah. And this is this is the sort of game for North where a player that stands up has got the next 10 weeks in the Guernsey yeah. at least. It's going to be very interesting too with Port because um, uh, Pike was so dominant last week against Redden and um, Ryder. Um, it looks like Lob- Lobby isn't going to play. So Goldstein had an absolute blinder last week. So if Redden and Ryder couldn't uh, beat Pike, they've got a better Ruckman this week. So it's going to be very interesting how they combat that. Um, and which midfield gets first use will that'll yep. decide the match. Yep. Um, I'd, I'd say uh, Port's midfield is classier. Yep. Pretty much because of Robbie Gray. Um, he's, he's started this season like he finished last year. Um, he, he's looked so good. Um, it's just... Uh, he's had some has, quiet has patches, around him. But um, I think, too, he does, he hasn't had the luxury of someone looking out for him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and I think your elite midfielders need that. You yep. need someone who's, you know, going to help you shake a tag. Um, and he's been doing it without that. Yeah. Uh, Wingard could do with getting a few more kicks as well. Um, Brisbane versus Richmond. Um, geez, I hope this doesn't turn out as bad as it could. Look, it's up at, up in Brisbane, so yeah, Richmond can move the ball so quickly. Um, until Merritt gets back, I would not tip Brisbane to win anything. Yeah, um, Richmond need to show something. They do, and it's not just uh, Richmond the team. Richmond individuals need to show something yeah. if they want to get picked. And if they don't storm Brisbane. Look, you're changing the team. If Richmond go one and two, and they've had a, a, you know, relatively speaking, an easy start to the year, that's not very good. It's going to only going to get harder from here on in. Mm. Now, when they start having their big Friday night marquee matches, um, you know, if they get too far behind that fifty percent win mark, there, um, yeah, there's going to be some changes. Uh, Hawthorne Bulldogs down in Tassie. I reckon that's going to be pretty exciting. I think it's great timing for the Bulldogs as well. Um, you know, they've. Uh, Played a couple of good matches um, in rounds one and two. They're undefeated, and uh, now they get to face the, the reigning premiers. Oh, look, they'll come out breathing fire. Um, I would not be at all surprised if they were leading at quarter time. Yep. But I reckon Hawthorne will come out on top in the end. Especially if they're coming off a loss. Yeah, like, I, I think the Bulldogs are just going to be a little bit too excited and they want to prove themselves against the reigning premiers. I, I don't know if they'd be overawed. Excited, I, I agree with you. Um, no, I think they're too young to be overawed. I've, in previous years, I think they've been overawed against these big sides. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think they will be now. 
I think they got their tails up and they're ready to go. Yeah, not when you're starting so well. And you've got guys who are playing and wanting to play finals. And look, you'd, you'd put them in the mix yeah. right now. Um, if I think they'll like they come out uh, breathing fire. They'll run themselves in the dirt for the first 20 minutes. I think they'll struggle after that. Because yeah. uh, Hawthorne, they play four-quarter football. You know, they know there's ebbs and flows, and once they've got a bit of a, a bit of a run on, they'll capitalise. So well, when I the mean, Bulldogs are running a bit tired, that's when Hawthorne's going to strike. And, I mean, there's no doubt that there's talent there on Hawks. I mean, they're looking for three premierships in a row. Well, it, yeah. It goes without question. You don't fluke a premiership, and you definitely you don't, don't get fluke two in a row, yeah. Um, Geelong versus Gold Coast. Geelong have everything to lose in this one. Um, it's well, down at Skill Stadium. If they lose to Gold Coast, you can put a line through them. Uh, I, I don't care uh, if there's only three rounds. You, you can't be losing to Gold Coast. Especially when Ablett's not playing. Not best. playing. Not playing. No. You know. Yeah, that's right. His, his shoulder he, hasn't come up as well as I'd hoped. So he's out for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think the Geelong faithful will be disappointed that Ablett's not playing because they still love seeing him run around. Yeah, you do. Um, and plenty of them still dream about him coming back to the club. Uh, yeah. And it could still happen. I don't think it will. Look, um, but um, it could. Unfortunately, I think we've seen the best of him. Really? Writing him off? No, I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying he's going from Superman to just Captain America. 15 rounds last year, um, he was still leading the Brownlow. Uh, and I thought he could have won the Brownlow still, uh, despite missing the last third. Bring injury, year. yeah. Now the injury, it's, yeah. I, I think it's more than what he's had. Like, the injury oh, he's a had injury. is going to take a long time to fully heal. And if he's still playing week in, week out, See, that's the thing. I don't. I think it doesn't fully heal. Like he'll never be a hundred percent again. It might be ninety percent, or it might be ninety-five, but it'll never be a hundred again. Look, Gary Ablett at ninety percent of his potential is still better than ninety-nine percent of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think he's just he's gone from a clear head and shoulders above the rest. Yep. To just one shoulder above the rest. Um, and the final game is the Western Derby, West Coast versus Frio. And West Coast just cannot keep a team on the field. They've had so many injuries. It, it, it's almost cruel. Um, they always come up for this game, but Frio, uh, 2-0, and um, beaten quality opposition in Port and Geelong. Um, it, it could get ugly, um, as in Frio might just run away with this one. And it's not West Coast's fault. They just run out of run out of um, players it's worth mentioning too um, Frio have won the last five the last five derbies have they yeah well that's not surprising I mean West Coast haven't played finals I don't think in the last five years or if they have it's it, it was f- five years ago um, and Frio have been you know up and around the uh, top four of those years so I, I can't see that changing yeah they've won the last five and 14 of the last 18 so there you go yeah I mean you've, you've got to say that's <laughs> that's something you've got to consider yep. they've had the wood on them lately and with the injuries West Coast have yeah, it's I've just not going to happen and West Coast has got a decent midfield yeah Fremantle's got a better one yeah uh, every position you look at yeah I, I can't I can't actually say any single player would I mean uh, Nat Nui versus Sandilands is different because they're different players but I, I yeah right now if I was picking a side I'd pick Nat Nui ahead of Sandilands and that's probably it Mm, that's the only one I can think of. Like, in like-for-like, like, yeah. um, position-wise, because, you know, even though Kennedy kicked 10 last week, I'd still take Pav. Oh, um, maybe yeah. Mark Lacroix. Um But, yeah. you know, Walters plays that small forward role really well as well. Um, but, look, um, it's, a, it's a shame, because West Coast, have, it's 
it's so cruel to be um, have that many injuries this early in the year. But yeah. you know, I do want West Coast to do well just because Simpson's their coach now. Yep, and <laughs> he's an old North boy. Play. Yeah, <laughs> and he's one of those good old-fashioned footy players too. Yeah. Um, so seeing him do well as a coach would be brilliant. Um, it won't be this year. No, I, unfo- I think he's going to suffer a bit of lateitis in that he's only going to be as good as the team on the field allows him to be. Yeah. Um, and not really going to get a chance to prove himself. I mean, it's not like he's going to walk into a team that was top four like uh, Buckley did. Yep. And uh, take and, him down. And have the luxury of booting them down to, you know, in the top 12. <laughs> but um, you know, speaking of that, I think uh, round four, if Pies are 0-4. Well, that'll be Anzac Day. Oh, if they lose Anzac Day. Do you reckon Buckley even and turns they, up? They will lose Anzac Day. Do you reckon he'll even turn up Monday? Yeah. He's still got, it. He's still got Eddie. Um, but it is very funny you bring it up because it was something that um, I was talking about last week that um, this will be the f- his fourth year and I can't see them finishing higher than they finished last year. And that'll be four years in a row they've gone down. Um, Guy McKenna took Gold Coast every year higher than they were the previous year and he got sacked. Look, uh, you've absolutely got to look after your your club players. And, you know, Buckley, he was uh, a favourite son of the club. Yep. Um, it's a feel-good story and all that, but... Yep, but um, the club, I think, has paid that debt. Um, he's still got a lot of goodwill. I don't think that's going to extend if they go 0-4. Like, they haven't gone there yet, but I, I just... They're getting injured, they're not playing brilliant football when they do have the ball. Um, well, 0 form like, I I think everyone expects them to lose to Essendon on Anzac Day, mm. but 0 form means they lost to St Kilda on, on Friday night football. That would be a that bit hurts. Now. Like, uh, losing Anzac Day, it, it's it's their grand final for the year. It, yeah, it, it's the biggest home and away game of the year. Um, By you know. far. Um, every derby every other match would love that atmosphere that crowd um, Anzac Day is just if they can get up and win it, it if they get up and win it they're happy with their year yeah he's got the rest of the season to try and turn it around if they lose that and they are 0-4 and four by that time of the season with a loss to St Kilda jeez it, it hurts and uh, it's it's not I'll tell you what um, yeah sorry keep going so it's not disrespectful to say bloke uh, you're not really doing the job you're doing well, you can like the guy. You still want to get results from him. Well, how's this? If they go 0-4, um, I believe Carlton will go 0-4. Round 5, Carlton versus Collingwood. Mick Malthouse is breaking the record. If both teams are 0-4, it, I think it's probably going to be the last game for one of the coaches. It could be the absolute coach killer game. Um, it, sorry, they probably won't sack a coach after round 5. But whoever loses that game is probably not going to see round 23. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment. I mean... They're 0-5. And one of them's going to be 0-5. It is a bit of a knee-jerk um, to sack the coach. Everyone always says, we're doing shit, sack the coach. We're doing shit, sack the coach. And it's not always his fault. But when you've got a, a long-term downward trend, you've had different players. You've had different game plans. You've had different... Um, you've had time. Seasons. You've had the ability to recruit, to yeah. fill your holes. If you haven't done any of that, the buck stops with the coach. Yep, and like you know, you say they've un- been unlucky with injuries. Yeah, and stuff have. like. Yep, you have, but that's why you have forty-two on the list or whatever mm. it is. Um, and there hasn't been a season where there haven't been at least three teams about 
terrible injuries. And, and done something with it. At least won a few. Yeah. Um, and look, we give Collingwood shit, and I think that's a, a Melbourne tradition. I think but, it's a birthright. Um, yeah, but um, look, in all honesty, I think they'll be looking. Um, yeah, could be. And I think replacing Buckley will be a lot easier than replacing Nick Morehouse. Yep. And I think it's an easier sell as well. Yeah. Um, look, you can throw names around and it'll be interesting if uh, Collingwood and Carlton are both hunting for the same coaches. Because uh, that means there's going to be a lot of demand from two clubs with fairly deep pockets. Yeah, and there's one coach with a very high price who's doing nothing at the minute. Mm. And that's uh, Bomber Thompson. Be well, yeah. Very interesting to see he, him coach either of those two sides. He'd be rubbing his hands together because... Um, oh, if you were him, which one would you rather go to? Um, I Honestly, any day of the week, Collingwood, just because they're so, so well-resourced. Yeah, and also, I think they've got a lot more upside than Carlton. At the minute, letter, yeah, their list is better. Well, um, you just throw Pendlebury in there, and he's worth any three players at Carlton. Yeah, except Judd. But Judd's not going to be there next year. So I'd be shocked. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, round two wrap-up, and looking forward to round three. Um, we'll do, um, do this again next week about the AFL and see if we're talking shit or not. Oh, we're obviously talking shit. We just might be right. Yeah, we might be right. <laughs> All right. See ya. Gotcha. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.